Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. Hey, and hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from the best bank in Georgia. Yes, Renaissance Bank. We're always here at Renaissance Bank in Alpharetta. And that best bank in Georgia thing came from a survey of customers by Forbes magazine. And Renaissance finished not only as the best bank in Georgia, but in the top 10 of banks nationwide in that same survey by Forbes magazine. So if you're interested uh, in learning why that is, and maybe you're interested in learning why that is because your banking experience for your business is not so great right now, my suggestion is go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices, and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Sean Taylor. Reese back with us. Uh, for uh, maybe 18 months ago, he was with us and we were right in the teeth of the pandemic and, uh, we, we're in person now, uh, Sean Taylor, he's the managing partner with Smith and Howard. Sean, it's great to have you back. John, thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, coming in to see us. Talk a little bit about Smith and Howard for those that don't know the firm, give everyone an introduction to your work. How are you serving folks out there? Yeah, thanks, John. Smith and Howard is really a family of three companies. We've been historically thought of as a CPA firm, which is where we got our start in 1971, over 50 years ago, as a CPA firm. And we continue that today as a large CPA practice serving really a regional territory, but clients that spread all around the world. So we have a CPA practice, Smith & Howard. We also have a wealth management practice, which is Smith & Howard Wealth Management. That's been around for over 20 years. And then in May of 21, we started a third company, Synexus Tax Solutions. And Synexus focuses on operational tax needs for businesses, typically around sales and use tax compliance and consulting and other needs. So that's really the family of companies now that is Smith & Howard. Wow. Uh, lots there. Let's let's dive into something uh, that uh, really caught our attention lately, how Smith & Howard was named uh, in – the inside public accounting, the publication, they're best of the best of firms nationwide, not just around here, but nationwide. That's quite an honor. Congratulations. Thank you, John. We, we look at that really as a byproduct of who we are and what we do. Um, inside public accounting does graciously put together this survey that participating firms can send in and they take the results of that, which is really 40 or 50 different measurables from a, profitability, an operational, a managerial perspective, and they compare them and contrast them to our peers across the country. And Smith & Howard's been fortunate enough to be on that best of the best list now for over a decade. Mm. And we've had top five rankings really for almost every year that I can remember. It's been a long time, but being a top firm, I think just is a byproduct of us living our values. Yeah. What are some of the measurables? You mentioned the, the survey that you respond to. I mean, what... What are some of the measurables that you think really um, put you at the top of that uh, uh, ranking? Well, they look at, like I mentioned, financial metrics, and so we perform well financially. But what I'd focus in on more are some of the metrics as it relates to our client retention. Mm-hmm. Our client retention is close to 
meaning that mm-hmm. we don't lose, we don't have a lot of churn when it comes to our client base, which we're very happy about and very sure. proud of. Also, it's the retention of our people. We don't turn over a lot of people. There's a lot of stories at the firm, including my own, of people that started with the firm and have stayed at the firm for many, many years. The average tenure at our firm is very high. Mm. So when you compare and contrast that to our peers across the country, we score very high, and that obviously results in the, the higher ranking that we get, which, again, as I mentioned, is just a function of living our values. If we take care of our people and we take care of our clients, great things are going to result from that. Yeah, I'm in, and really that client, that uh, employee retention, that partner retention is um, goes hand in hand with keeping those clients right because uh, clients get used to talking to that same person and they've established a relationship over the years that sometimes it involves their kids going to the same ball games and what you know it it it's um it's that kind of relationship that that uh, your your um, key employees have with those clients, right? Yeah. You hit the nail on the head when you said relationships, Mm -hmm. it's all about relationships. Cause when you think about what we sell, we don't sell a a product that you can put your hands on. Of course you have a tax return and an audit, but what I tell people all the time is we sell air, we sell trust. Mm. And that's really at the core of relationships is the, the thickness of the trust that you develop with the people that you work with, your coworkers, your peers, your employees, and the people that you serve, which mm-hmm. are your clients and your community. And so we're always telling our people, it's not enough just to do the work. Anybody can do the work. What do you do in addition to the work? What do you do in addition to paying your employees? Mm-hmm. How do you recognize them? And how do you lift them up and elevate them and give them opportunities? How do you look at a client and look at the journey that they're going to take over the next five years and help them map that out to where you can give them lead time on what to prepare for. It's right. all these ancillary things in addition to just taking care of the compliance mm-hmm. that really fosters that relationship and ultimately develops those, uh, the, the retention that we uh, are so focused on. Mm-hmm. Folks, we're chatting with Sean Taylor. Sean is managing partner at Smith and Howard. So let's, let's talk about, uh, innovation. And I know, uh, some people roll their eyes about that and think of innovation in an accounting firm. How can that be? This is a really important part of what's going on in accounting these days, right? That people don't know what's happening under the hood sometimes if they're not in the firms. Absolutely. We, we really make it a focus to look at innovation in all different perspectives. A lot of people think of innovation as new ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And so certainly when we look at that in-house innovation or that in-house efficiency, we spend a lot of time and energy and money on that. A couple of ways that we make that a focus. Number one, we had a managing partner that uh, retired in uh, 2018, John Lucked, Mm -hmm. and he was sort of an impetus for us to think about innovation during his tenure. And so to honor him and his career, we created the John Lucked Innovation Award, and it's awarded to an employee at our firm that comes up with an idea that we actually implement and it creates some type of in-house efficiency or perhaps some external revenue stream that we can produce for our clients, either a new line of clients or our existing clients. And so we make innovation a part of our culture, Mm -hmm. things that we do, and then we recognize those that help to create innovation. So that's one way that we focus in on it. 
Another way is just through automation and process development within our firm. We hire employees who are specifically tasked with only looking at process improvement, perhaps product development that will help with process improvement Mm -hmm. to where we can do things in a more efficient, maybe a more collectively better way, which obviously leads to higher quality and can lead to better results. The final thing we do with innovation is we think of it as sort of a tip of the spear. What creates new revenue streams for us? CPA firms are typically thought of as companies that basically develop revenue by the hour. So if you're not charging an hour, you're not developing revenue. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying to think of ways to de- to develop revenue that is, quote, off the clock, mm-hmm. unquote. Right. Revenue like license fee streams and things of that nature. But they're all steeped around taking a process and perhaps developing it, developing it into a product, maybe creating an application or maybe being able to compete in ways that CPA firms don't tr- traditionally compete in. And a byproduct of that for us has been Synexus Tax Solutions, which I mentioned to you, we started in May of 21, right? where we've been able to automate a sales tax compliance process that really allows us to compete with firms that are not CPA firms, but that traditionally serve the sales tax compliance market. So that innovation, that investment of time, energy, and money has led to, in that case, a new company that we now have, I think, over a dozen employees in. Oh, We're wow. focusing only on that activity. Wow. Uh, and that's a pretty crucial uh, piece of a business's uh, um, compliance uh, issue because sales tax, uh, if you get that wrong, they'll come back quickly on you, right? Sales tax is typically overlooked. And yeah. we see this a lot of times when we look at clients that are looking to potentially do a transaction. Maybe they're going to go acquire a business or perhaps they're looking to sell their business. Mm-hmm. One of the often overlooked traps is sales tax compliance. Mm. Every state is unique in the way they handle sales taxes. And if you don't have expertise committed to helping you, uh, that could be a trap that you fall into. We see many companies try to do it themselves internally, and that can be done, but it can also be a challenge. And if you have turnover, obviously you have to handle that. Mm-hmm. But also externally addressing sales taxes when you enter into a new state, who's focusing in on that for you? Many companies that help you do that are software-driven rather than service-driven. Mm. Right? They will promote right. a software that should be able to take care of all of those things for you. Well, many times that's not enough. So we're looking at both the software component as well as the service component. And again, that focus on the quality, the innovation, the service really drives really ultimately what we think is a difference maker for these companies so they don't get tripped up on the sales tax issues that they may have. Yeah. And what I meant by uh, uh, they can get after you pretty quickly is the regulators, uh, the sales tax uh, collectors move a lot faster than the income tax collectors do, don't they? When they see a problem, they come after it quick. Let's call them nimble. How about we call them that? <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, so let's, so this whole uh, new part of your company came from this focus on innovation then. It did actually. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll go back about six or seven years on that where mm-hmm. we were always promoting to our people this idea of who do you know out in the community who are friends, who are associates, who are neighbors that do something unique, and that's additive in value. Mm-hmm. We, we, we say anybody you meet could be a potential client, a potential employee, or a potential referral source for clients and employee employees for Smith & Howard's families of companies. Mm-hmm. So we always promote people look out for that with who you come across. 
one of our partners prior to him being a partner knew of an individual who was very active in the sales tax community. Mm. And he was looking for the next phase of his career. And so David uh, brought him up to myself and a couple others at the firm. And we said, yeah, let's, let's talk to him. And we met mm. with Tim Howe, who's today mm. the CEO of Synexus Tax Solutions. And really it, it was at that point that we said, we'd like to build this. Would you like to be the one to build it with us? Mm-hmm. And Tim started on board with us and now you come six, seven years, fast forward, although it wouldn't necessarily be fast. Right. You know, we had a lot of work, blood, sweat, and sure. tears in that. But today that's led to a new business, a new line of services for us and the ability for us to truly make a difference for clients. And we're serving clients in that business all across the country. Mm. So Again, that focus on innovation, looking for ways to better serve folks is how that came about. Yeah, that's terrific. And that's really the point, right? It's not innovation for innovation's sake. It's innovation in a way to serve uh, better, serve your clients and serve your employees. That's exactly right. We're constantly looking for ways to get better, whether Mm -hmm. it's just doing the same repetitive tasks that we may have to do every year a little bit better. We have a, one of our values is excellence and the tagline for it is smarter, better every day. So we really pushed our people, try to get smarter, try to get better every day and think of ways you can do that. Really critically think about processes and think about the ways that you're doing things and how we might implement change. It's not again, change for change sake. It's change to get incrementally better. What that allows us to do is potentially leverage that work to the next level of person who would look at that work as an opportunity and as a challenge and allows you to free up some time for stuff that if you just kept doing it the same way year over year over year, that's great. It fills time, but where are you freeing up some bandwidth for yourself to learn something new and to grow into the next phase of your own career? So that, that excellence value of smarter, better every day is really what drives that. Sean, you kind of led me into the next, uh, uh, quite nicely into the next my next question which is around culture so we hear a lot of talk about culture the importance of culture the dysfunction of some companies culture in the round the pandemic and what that revealed you know i know in the accounting industry this across the board um there's just not enough young talent coming into the accounting profession so that creates challenges for you talk about that challenge and the culture that you're, you're trying to uh, continue to create at Smith & Howard. Yeah, absolutely, John. Culture, we look at as simply your actions. What are your actions day in and day out? What do you do and how does that repeat itself? Because that really lays out for everyone what your culture is. Mm. Are you demanding of hitting your hours no matter what and just are you grinding them out? Well, you have a culture that is, is then – a byproduct of that grinding. Mm -hmm. Do you focus in on recognizing people or do you just expect them to do everything you say Mm -hmm. that drives your culture? So if the culture is essentially your actions, then we really focus on what our actions are and we really make it a function of the goals of leadership to put enhancement of our culture as a byproduct of their goals. So what do I mean by that? Well, we recently had a partner retreat uh, earlier in 22 where the partners went away and we completely focused on our culture. What is our culture? And we focused on a book by Daniel Coyle. It's called The Culture Code. He also has a handbook that goes with it, which is really some tips that you can hone in on to really focus on the culture at your organization. And it's tips that you and I could take on and put into a goal, like Mm -hmm. 
having a happy face or mm. recognizing employees or having a mantra wall. These are tips that Daniel put in his book that we're trying to apply each and every day that maybe I can't do one of them, but I can do the other one. And it just makes me more open and receptive. Mm. It gives our employees more feeling of security, that there's a transparency that's going on and that we live a shared purpose. Mm. So in essence, it's constantly focusing on the behaviors of those around us, the actions that they take and making sure that they align with our system of values and by doing so, we maintain this culture that has really created the environment that is Smith and Howard. I love the way you introduced that because you 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 know when we think about culture and changing culture and creating culture, I mean we think about some big you know initiative. You started out small. <laughs> you talked about um, the the little things and getting the little things right day to day. Um, and that's so key, right? I mean, because if, if you don't have those little things, the, the big initiatives don't really matter. That's right. It's the foundation for mm-hmm. which you can then take on big initiatives. Right. If you don't have the fundamentals of our culture, one of our values is people. So if we're not going to take care of our people, if we're not going to grow stronger together, which is our tagline, then we can't take on a large initiative that focuses in on people, perhaps like increasing the referral fees that we would pay to our employees from what was a modest amount to what is a very large amount. Now mm-hmm. we, we did that mm-hmm. earlier in the year, because as you referenced before, there's a real, uh, a battle out there right now to find talent, mm-hmm. uh, a quick stat on that. The number of accountants that will graduate from degreed universities across the country this year is one quarter the size when you compare it to the number of new accounting and finance jobs that will open next year. Mm. So we already have this challenge to find talent and it's only getting more challenging. So what do we do to focus in on finding the best people? Well, we look to our people for people they already know. Mm -hmm. We've done some history. We've tracked some history. And what we found is the most successful people are at at our firms are people that knew someone that already worked at our organization. Mm. So they're warm introductions. So Mm -hmm. if that's the most successful group of people, why not promote that more, pay a big sum of money. In our case, we pay $15,000 for any employee Mm -hmm. that refers in a new employee who's going to stay with us beyond six months. And that's, Mm. that's a lot of money when you stop and think about it. And, but we couldn't do that. We couldn't do that. If the foundation of our, culture as it relates to people was weak. Mm-hmm. There were cracks in it because then our employees wouldn't feel comfortable referring in people they know or friends of theirs to try to work at our organization. So that just shows you how the the basic things, the simple things create that foundation, which allows you to do the really large initiatives to make a real difference. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um Given the way you retain employees, that's a great investment. I mean, you know, if you're if you're uh, making that kind of investment and you're keeping someone for as long as you do, um, that 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 ROI works out pretty well for the firm. It, it, it's tremendous when yeah. you think about it. The employees are really thankful because it's a large sum of money that they mm-hmm. benefit from, and we're really thankful as an organization because it will retain that client longer. It will allow us to potentially land a new client that we wouldn't otherwise retain. It will allow us to leverage down to the next generation of leadership, which is so critical 
to the continuation of our business. Mm-hmm. You know, we are literally one generation away from not being in business. If mm. you think about it. Yeah. And if you're not able to transfer knowledge, transfer opportunity, transfer leadership, essentially transfer power to the next generation, then your time is going to end at some point in the near future. There's no question about it. But by building up this next generation of strong people that are coming in to lead our organization, uh, we're preparing for that future in what I think is a really strong and exciting way for the people that are on our team. And young people, uh, this this next generation, wherever they come from, and this is true in the accounting industry as well, that they're looking for firms that are innovative, right? I mean, they want to experience growth. So this is where that innovation that you're talking about earlier, that's where that comes into play as well, right? Without a doubt. They are not looking to come in and find a place where they can sit down and do the same exact thing day in and day out, year in and year out. This concept of, okay, well, if you sit at your desk and you do the same thing I tell you to do for the next 15 years and you just be patient, then one day you'll reap rewards. No, that's really not what the current workforce is looking to do. Right. They're really looking to be impactful right away, to do work in their mind that matters, and to see how it really helps them learn something new and move forward. And, and we really recognize that with our employees. We create a career roadmap for everybody that starts with us. It really says, well, you're at this point and then you're going to move here and here and here. And along the way, these are things you're going to learn. These are opportunities you're going to have. And these are ways that you can potentially make a difference. Again, the ways of doing it in the past are not the ways that you should be doing it today. If you really want to attract the best talent. And this is a, a, it's always, people have always been a differentiator. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this ability to attract and retain is more important now than ever for accounting firms and their competitiveness, right? Absolutely. If you cannot attract, develop, and retain the best people, again, it is just a matter of time before that impacts all of the people in your organization, before it impacts the clients that you serve who will begin to be underserved, Mm -hmm. who will begin to hear from other organizations that are doing just that they mm-hmm. are attracting, developing and retaining the best people and your entire foundation of your business will ultimately be at risk. Folks, we're chatting with Sean Taylor. Sean is managing partner at Smith and Howard headquartered here in the Atlanta, in Atlanta. Um, so Sean, I'm, I'm going to call you out. You were named most admired CEO by the Atlanta Business Chronicle uh, in 2020. Congratulations Thanks, Jim. on that. Um, that's uh, Talk about your own management journey. And, and you, you said you grew up in the firm. And just talk about, uh, I guess, the pride you must have. Let's talk about that. And just like where you, where you started, where you've been, and what the firm ha- how the firm has grown under your tenure. John, thanks. That's very kind of you. Uh, I look at with with great leadership comes great responsibility, and it's all about servant leadership in my mind. And that's really the way that I've always looked at my time at Smith and Howard is trying to make other people's needs more in priority than my own personal needs. So whether it's my coworkers, uh, whether it's my clients. Whether it's the community, it's how can I go and make someone else's life incrementally better? Mm. Because really, when you do that, 
everybody is better off for it, and you essentially indirectly benefit from it. And I think that I am an example of that. I think I'm an example of someone who really spent his entire career focusing on serving others' needs, and that, in effect, allowed me to grow and develop in leadership positions and ultimately get to where I'm at today. And that doesn't change. It's not like I got to this position and then said, okay, now that I'm here, everybody else can serve my wants and desires. Right. If anything, I work even harder now at that very thing (laughs) to serve the needs of others, whether it's creating additional shared service team opportunities, people that aren't billing clients directly, but are looking for ways to grow in their career. I mentor a lot of those folks, whether it's doing more in the community, because now I have more means to do things in the community. So helping uh, philanthropic organizations, whether they be clients or not clients, to grow in their impact. To me, it's all about serving the needs of others. If you do that, then ultimately I think you have the ability to show leadership skills that people will follow. Nobody cares if you're a leader and nobody follows you, right? Right. That There's no impact there. To be a real leader, you want people to see what you're doing be attracted to what you're doing and be impacted by what you're doing. So to me, it's all a function of serving others and that having the impact that it has. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're a leader, if you're, nobody's following I'm not, by definition, exactly. you're, you're not a leader, right? Exactly right. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the, um, I guess maybe both today and the future. I mean, let's, you've talked a lot of uh, different aspects of the firm you're particularly excited about anything that we missed there that you want to address in terms of um, things that folks ought to know about Smith and Howard that you're particularly excited about? You know, I think it, anytime a new employee starts at our firm, I get an environment with them. Sometimes it's one-on-one, sometimes it's in a small group. And what I tell each and every one of them is there's never been a more exciting time to start working at Smith and Howard and right here, right now. In some ways, I'm a little envious of where they sit in mm. that it would have been great to have started here at the organization, which when I started 29 years ago, we had 26 employees. Mm. Today, we have 160 employees. Wow. And that's all been a function of organic growth. Mm-hmm. Nowhere along the way did we acquire another practice or merge in another piece of business. It's all been through word of mouth, through the, through the service that we give our clients. But now we've built a foundation for where you can come into the firm and your your career could go in a number of different directions. It's a really exciting time to start that career at Smith & Howard. With that focus on innovation, with that focus on our values and our culture, it's only going to continue. And Smith & Howard, when people, again, think of Smith & Howard, I'm trying to get people to not look at us just as an accounting firm. Mm-hmm. Because we do more than just accounting work, audit work, tax work. And that's really where I want our people's focus to be is continuing to broaden how you might serve the clients that you have, because they really have a lot more needs than just the core compliance and they trust you. So if they trust you and they have other needs, they're going to look to you to fill those needs. And if you can be prepared to fill them, you can only broaden that relationship and be more impactful. Mm. Great words. Uh, Sean, look to the future. Talk about what you're seeing out there in terms of what the future looks like for Smith and Howard. I think the future is really brightening. We unveiled a vision statement in January of 2020. It was to exponentially grow in all we do, to 
become a nationally recognized brand, to continue our history of top performance, and to have a positive impact on the future generations. That's literally word for word what mm. Vision 2030 is. It's a 10-year vision. People think, why would you do it over 10 years? And we can get into debates about that. But we did. We set out a 10-year vision. Mm-hmm. And the pillars of that really are all focused on exponential growth. So really what I see for Smith & Howard over the next five years is exponential growth. I think we're going to continue this trajectory of growth. I think it's going to be focused in on not growth for growth's sake, but growth for the right reasons, expanding services, expanding subject matter expertise, impacting our clients in a number of ways that we otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And when you grow like that, you can have more impact. But remember in there, I sandwiched to continue our history of top performance. Mm. We're not going to lower the bars that we've set simply to grow and have more impact. We want to grow and have more impact, but maintain or continue that history of top performance. So if I was to fast forward five years from now, I think we'll be exponentially larger. I think we will still have our clients and our people that are here today, but we'll be impacting those clients and new clients and these people and new people in a number of ways that are not the traditional way of thinking of a CPA firm. Yeah. Well, certainly the trajectory you're on would indicate you're going to get there. So congratulations on that, Sean. Uh, Great work. Uh, It's a delight to have you come in and share uh, what's going on at Smith & Howard and the the, uh, terrific work you're doing. And we're delighted we can honor that. For those that would like to know more, let's tell them how they can get in touch. Yeah, John, easily you can go out to our website, which is www.smith-howard.com. We also have websites for Smith & Howard Wealth Management and Synexus Tax Solutions. They're easily locatable through a Google search or in our affiliate part of the Smith & Howard website. Mm-hmm. You can also email me directly at staylor at smith-howard.com, or you can email our chief marketing officer, Julie Barnes, at jbarnes at smith-howard.com. And we're more than happy to talk to you about anything you might need or anything you might want to learn about our firm. Terrific. Sean Taylor, Managing Partner, Smith & Howard. Uh, Sean, it's great to have you here. Thank you again. Thank you, John. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If you're looking, speaking of team building, if you're looking for a place to get away that's unusual and does not involve mosquito bites and broken ankles, I've got a suggestion for you. A&S Culinary Concepts in Johns Creek. Yes, they're an award-winning culinary studio, and they do corporate catering. But they've also got a fantastic corporate team building activity. I know I was there last week and it was just a ton of fun. It involves food and great food, and you get to you and your team members get to cook under the direction of executive chef Andrew Traub. And uh, it's just, he makes it a lot of fun. Uh, You're cooking on the big green eggs outside, and it's, 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 it's a terrific experience. My suggestion is just give him a call at 678. 336-9196 to find out more or go to asculinaryconcepts.com. And folks, we are, we just celebrated 500 episodes of North Fulton business radio. We've got more coming. (laughs) So we have gotten this far because of your support and you've supported the show by sharing the show. So if you have heard something on this show that makes you want to share it, please do. Uh, You've done that in the past for us and helped us celebrate the great work of business leaders like Sean and the other 
well, scads of business leaders that we've had on this show over the years. I need to count those up. Um, but please uh, help us in that regard. Continue to help us in that regard. And we greatly appreciate you. So for my guest, Sean Taylor, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.